Hi everyone, uh, I have a really, really great pleasure in welcoming Manish Patel, uh, CEO, founder of uh, one of India's most exciting fintechs, Mswipe. Um, and I don't think Mswipe needs any introduction, but I'm sure as we do our conversations, you'll figure out what Manish has been building and how he has evolved over the last, uh, I'd say, nine years since the founding of Mswipe. Uh, and it's also a distinct personal pleasure because I've known Manish now for seven years and uh, both uh, as a friend and as a business partner. And it's been a very inspiring uh, seven years for me, just learning how uh, dogged and focused uh, he is and Mswipe has been. And we hope we can get some of those, um, those insights into what drives Mswipe and Manish uh, in, the, in the fintech world. Uh, in the merchant acquiring world. So Manish, first of all, welcome to Power Conversations at RBL. Uh, this is a platform, as I said, where we, where we get founders of young companies uh, and talk about their life journey, their business journey, uh, with a view to sharing some of the learnings, ups and downs with a wider audience so that all of us can learn from your experiences and hope to build something of our own. Welcome, uh, Manish. So Rajiv, thanks so much for the glowing and uh, very generous uh, introduction. Uh, I'm not sure I completely deserve it, but thank you. Well, I'm sure the world will find out that you truly deserve this and more. But let me let me go back, Manish. Uh, and you know, you've had a very interesting uh, professional uh, upbringing. And I say you're a doctor by 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 your training and education. And uh, sorry, my qualification. Yes. Yes. And, uh, and then you went into several startups uh, and maybe just walk us briefly through them. And then what was the spark for Mswipe? I mean, usually most of you have this one moment or a series of moments where you just believe that this is why the hell isn't it happening? You know, and that probably leads to an idea. And obviously all of us get that in our morning shower, but very few of us seldom take it to the next level. I'd love to understand what did you do to take it to the next level? Sure. Um, so, yes, uh, Rajiv, this is uh, this is my uh, uh, should I say fourth venture. Uh, uh, you know, I started out post my my qualification uh, as a physician. Um, uh, to you know, I, I just decided that uh, that that world wasn't for me. Uh, where uh, I, I set up. Uh, a distributorship for alcoholic beverages. It started out with uh, with distributing draft beer. Uh, it's just that it wasn't it wasn't available in the way most brewers in the world would want it to be served, which is uh, as as fresh draft beer. And uh, I saw that as an opportunity and used that as a beachhead to uh, to establish a, a liquor distribution business, uh, which I ran for almost about eighteen years. <clears throat> and uh, en route, uh, I I also um, uh, ventured into uh, into setting up a uh, medical claims processing business uh, for U.S.-based physicians. This is the closest I've come to uh, to uh, uh, to my education uh, post I graduate uh, post graduating. Uh, you know, I I set that up with uh, with some of my uh, med school buddies uh, uh, who were themselves witnessing like a mid midlife crisis, uh, and, and they said they wanted to do something else. And uh, yeah, that 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 turned out to be moderately successful. We landed up. Um, you know, selling the business, um, I set up, uh, you know, as, as downstream expansion for, uh, for our alcohol distribution business, I set up a, a, a specialty wine and beer retail business, 
uh, you know, the objective there was to try and try and uh, uh, change how uh, you know wine, especially, was being retailed in uh, in uh, in you know in India at that time. You know, everything was uh, was typically your your liquor shops that would sell wine across the counter, and you know, while we took great care in terms of um, uh, you know producing or our, or our partners took great care in producing good wine and. And we took great care distributing it. You know that the last mile was broken, and we thought the best way to to, to bring about change was to spur some competition. And uh, you know, so we set up a, a you know a retail business. Um, uh, it was this retail business that actually led me to the to the payment business, incidentally. Right. So uh, when I set up this retail business, <laughs> till then, you know, my my uh, business journey was was largely dealing with businesses and uh, and. Payments was oblivious, right? For 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 me, getting paid was getting a check, right, uh, from the people we supplied. And uh, you know, as as a retailer, I first realized that you know, uh, I needed to collect payments uh, besides cash from from our customers. And uh, you know, cards was the only prevalent other digital means for for accepting payments as a merchant. And I was, you know, should I say, rudely rudely surprised. Or shocked when Union Bank would be my banker for all my life. Uh, simply said that you know this is not a service that we even provide our customer. Because then uh, you know it it didn't take really a shower or or, or uh, you know uh, very long for me to figure out that uh, unfortunately the the banking community hadn't done a very good job uh, in in enabling uh, you know a core tenet of uh, of uh, the financial services ecosystem, which is you know payments for uh, for small merchants, uh, especially small merchants in this country, right? Um, you know the space uh, that is that is essentially the acceptance, the, the merchant acceptance uh, space was uh, dominated by by four large banks, which is HDFC, Axis, ICIC, SBI Bank, and uh, they were largely not selling an acquiring service; they were selling a banking service, right? They were uh, they were uh, they were um, uh, uh, they were firmly focused on on pushing merchants to a full fledged banking service using payments uh, as a hook, and um, uh, you know everything was wrong. Uh, you know I'm talking about you know 2010 when I first looked at the space. Um, you know landline telephony was eclipsed by my mobile telephony, right? So I mean clearly you know the last mile in terms of just connectivity wasn't working. Uh, yet every single terminal in the country was a was a landline terminal. Um, you know, um, the terminals themselves were were antiquated technology, right? And and it was it was quite bizarre. Where where you know, I would walk into a big bazaar at that time, and you know, yes, they had the the two fifty dollar Ingenico Verifone machine uh, to to process card payments. Uh, but you know, when when you go to a corner store, you know, a small Kirana shop, yeah, the same machine. Now clearly, the the needs of this Kirana versus the needs of big bazaar were very very different. Um, it was just a trick, uh, you know, a trip to Nasik where where I think the deal was sealed, right? I mean, I just decided uh, during that trip to stop by at about eight, ten, uh, eight, ten, you know, different uh, merchant locations, um, and 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 just ask them why. Um, uh, I mean, if they had if they had uh, uh, you know any means of accepting digital payments, and if not, why, right? And and I came from a conventional belief. You know, everyone I spoke to, uh, you know, some banker friends, etc. They said, "Nee, nee, Manish, you know, India is a cash economy. Where is it going to Right? Uh, this is not. Uh, I mean, uh, it's not about uh, anything. It's just about how people want to pay." And I said, "I, as as a as a retailer, I want to get paid. Right? 
I'm not worried about how the customer is paying me. If in fact, you know, the logic was that, you know, ultimately as a retailer, I want to sell goods and I want to get paid. If the customer is saying, you know, come home, deliver goods and pick up money, I would do that. So why would I not accept payments at my shop uh, digitally if that's how the customer actually wanted to pay? And to test that, I took this little trip and, you know, met about eight, 10 merchants. And the answer was very, very clear, right? It was fundamentally a technology and cost problem. Uh, you know, most of the merchants uh, said two very basic things at that time, saying uh, it's not about us not wanting to accept payments. We will definitely do it. Uh, first of all, connectivity sucks, right? So, I mean, I don't have a landline. So, uh, you know, even if I have a landline, it's, it's you know, it... Um, uh, it, it doesn't work for two months in a year when it rains or things like that. And I can't have a tool uh, that, that I do business with uh, is, is unreliable. And the second one was, uh, you know, simple things like electricity. They're saying, you know, we need something that, that runs 24-7. Just because power's gone doesn't mean my machine can't work. Right? Um, and that's where I decided, you know, I said that uh, it's clearly a problem of, um, of uh, this not being core to, uh, to, to any... Um, uh, anyone's business, especially banks. And I decided to set up MSwipe where uh, the, the core goal was to uh, enable uh, small and mid-sized businesses in the country to be able to accept card payments uh, initially and then, of course, increasingly digital payments um, and, uh, uh, you know, help them uh, do this with innovative technology, um, you know, where uh, connectivity in the last mile was, was uh, wireless uh, you know, the terminals were, were small, built for India, uh, cost-effective, um, you know, had, had long battery life, you know, all the things that are relevant for, for, for India. You know, it's interesting. And I know that this is something, the first thing you mentioned when we met seven years ago, that I'm, uh, I'm a partner for the merchants and merchants are my primary customers. And in your opening comment, you made a few references to banks pushing their banking services, uh, very for Ingenico building a technology which was going to be for the global audience, landline versus mobile, power, which was a big requirement for a, a landline-driven uh, uh, boss. Uh, and I think all of this, uh, you know, um, if you saw from the perspective of a bank, and, and you know, uh, let me be honest, we tried doing a merchant acquiring when we started on RBL in 2011 and we fell flat on our face because, you know, we were the, like the 10th guy trying to do it. And frankly, you know, we didn't have any acts to go and create a differentiation, but we didn't think like you did that, look, there's a big gap and, you know, I can attack it differently. And I think one of the things I'd like to understand is that when you looked at this and said, wow, I mean, you know, this is this big bank who've been doing it for 15, 20 years they have the muscle, they have the money, they have the cost sell of other services. How are ever going to make money uh, just by focusing on a very, very simple, very small sliver of service and, you know, not being uh, that way capitalized. And it's a very, you know, young market today. Looking back eight, nine years, obviously a lot of water has flown. This industry has grown. But I'm sure at that stage when you were, uh, in spite of your entrepreneurship genes, I mean, what were these issues which were going through your head uh, in the first couple of years? Uh, because, you know, digital and uh, things were still very early in 11, 12, 13. Absolutely right. I mean, there were no smartphones uh, when we launched, right? I mean, uh, uh, 
uh, our, our, our swiper, so as it was called, uh, essentially uh, worked with uh, with uh, you know Symbian uh, phones. I remember our first application that we wrote was uh, was designed to work on uh, the S40 platform of Nokia, and worked only with Nokia phones. Uh, so you're absolutely right, but uh, you know, at the end of the day, um, uh, you know, India, India is a, is a pyramid. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the market, right? Uh, the, the 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 market is essentially uh, a, a pyramid with uh, with with three clear segments, right? And and I think that's even true today. I mean, I, I remember very clearly drawing this out a long time ago, and um, and saying that you know, at the top at the top of the pyramid, you have uh, uh, you know all the the, the large uh, uh, you know, offline retail stores uh, that um, these were essentially either national brands, regional brands, or just or just you know local city brands. So they've been you know they have a, 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 a good business footprint. Uh, you know they have a physical presence, uh, and these guys never really were faced any problems, right? I mean they were the they were the prime audience for for the banks to essentially go after. For the banks, um, this was their uh, uh, this was their target audience, so as to speak. Right? Uh, uh, the the next layer was uh, was essentially um, um, and and you know at at that point in time uh, there's, there's there's no way for us to uh, triangulate the exact numbers, but uh, and and uh, you know we estimated that to about to be about a million odd uh, million to you know one point two million uh, uh, you know physical presence uh, of physical uh, stores. Uh, the, the next layer was, uh, uh, you know, uh, smaller shops, right? These are what we call as uh, not high street shops, but, you know, side street shops. They're on the high street, but they're off, uh, you know, in, in the side alley. Uh, you know, these, uh, uh, you know, these, uh, these are, these are businesses that, that are absolutely just, you know, single, single shop, single owner, uh, or at best two, uh, two shops owned by, by an owner. Uh, and this formed essentially a large part of, the retail community or the retail business or the retail industry uh, in the country. Uh, these were these were physical shops. Uh, they were owner-driven shops. Uh, and, uh, you know, many years later, we, we, we ran a survey and we were shocked to find that almost 65% of these are owner-owned shops. Right? And this, in our estimate, formed about, uh, you know, between 8 to 10 million uh, in the country. Uh, they, were, they were not large enough for banks to... to um, to provide services, uh, services that that they wanted to provide free uh, in 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 order to get banking business right. So that uh, that was uh, uh, that was that was the gap that we essentially saw and went after. And then you know there was this whole underbelly of of what we call as as micro shop or micro businesses right. And this is your uh, your um, you know vendor on the street, a, a guy who's uh, you know who's uh, who generally did not have a permanent place of business or had a semi-permanent place of business, something that, that we could not really uh, 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 ascertain. But he was there doing some commercial activity. And uh, this, you know, in our estimates, is anywhere from, uh, you know, 25 to 30 million in the country. It is this number that essentially stacks up to that, you know, 40-odd million, yeah. uh, you know, retailers or, or, you know, businesses that, that everyone talks about. And we, you know, we were very clear that we didn't really want to go after the the, 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 the top end. We couldn't compete with the banks, uh, you know, who offered you know almost everything free, uh, you know, mm, you know, no 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 charges for use of the terminals, uh, no uh, you know lo, no uh, very very low MDRs or discounted MDRs. Um, 
And uh, you know, the, the, the micro merchants made no sense for us to, to address anyway. We didn't have a solution or we couldn't find a, a, a viable solution for us to, uh, to commercially provide them a service. And, and hence decided to focus on the 8 to 10 million uh, merchants, uh, you know, which is a large enough market. And uh, I think that that remains true for, for the terminal business even today. Uh, and, and along the way, sorry, go ahead. Uh, and, and, you know, we, we, we were very clear from day one, right? At the end of the day, uh, we, wanted, uh, we, wanted, uh, we wanted to make money, uh, you know, like any commercial enterprise. Uh, and uh, uh, we just decided to charge all our customers for, uh, for services. Uh, which initially, you know, people thought we were quite foolish. Uh, you know, when banks were giving things away free, why should you be charging for it? Uh, but but the reality was that there was this whole segment of of, of customers that, that nobody was addressing. Right? Nobody even asked whether they would be willing to pay for it. And uh, I think that, that, that worked out well for us. Whichever way you do the math, right? I mean, at the end of the day, if, if you were to look, trying to monetize on MDR, it's, 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 uh, it's a tough battle. Uh, you know, I mean, you land up making 10 basis points on a transaction. If you, you if a merchant lands up doing uh, even 30,000 rupees, right, of transactions a month, you basically get 30 bucks, right? You can't, you can't support uh, a network uh, or a merchant, uh, you know, at a unit level uh, in 30 bucks. It's not even going to pay for SMS fees, right? Um, so there had to be uh, alternate means for, uh, or for monetization. And we always decided to charge a platform usage fee. Uh, you know, just flat fee that, that merchants had to pay for, uh, for using our platform and services. And, uh, uh, you know, we, we've stuck through that model right from day one, right? Uh, we haven't ever deviated from that, you know. Uh, yes, it's been tough. When we started out, um, it was difficult, uh, you know, to convince customers. Uh, but, uh, uh, but over time, you know, we, we've, we've found that there is a, there is a segment of, of uh, customers who, who value services and, and they will pay you for it. Uh, because they actually need it. How has uh, the the segment which you're dealing with, their behaviors changed over the last five years? And I'm talking about, you know, one is the advent of the smartphone, uh, a lot of e-commerce around, a lot of increased usage of debit and credit cards, you know, UPI, and then demonetization, you know, and so many, uh, you know, environmental changes. Have them, have these impacted the merchants positively? confuse them and where do where does your relationship with them stand now uh, you know some of them have been have been excellent tailwinds uh, you know demonetization for one was uh, was uh, was just uh, a, a very strong uh, uh, you know upwind uptick for us uh, UPI uh, which has been the second one which has led to the third one which is essentially everyone clamoring for zero MDR uh, you know uh, have been, I, I'd say, largely the the, 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 the the two or three large events, uh, followed by COVID, uh, you know, which is which is not payment related but still affects the payment business, especially yeah. the payment business. Yeah, so I mean, we've we've seen uh, we've seen a lot of these uh, these events. Uh, this, along with uh, with uh, with a big shift in in consumer behavior, uh, you know, uh, typically, you know, ultimately at, at the end of the day. Uh, a card is nothing but a payment instrument, right? It's, it's an identifier as to who you are sure. and links back into, into your, uh, your store of money or your store of credit. And, uh, you know, this is, this is essentially being replaced by the smartphone. That's exactly what, what UPI has managed to do. They're saying that you don't really need uh, another piece of plastic to identify who you are or tap into your store of money. 
uh, you know, your smartphone will do it for you. Um, and, uh, you know, there's always been these changes, but uh, honestly, at the end of the day, um, the way I look at it is technology will continue to change. What, what doesn't change is the merchant's ability to understand, navigate and, and, and get services for him to be able to, uh, to, to focus on what he does best, which is essentially uh, sell goods, right? I mean, if, if you're there as a partner to help him navigate all of these changes and, uh, and make sense of it uh, at, at, a, at a cost and a price that, that, uh, that works for him, uh, you know, is, uh, is, is, uh, is essentially always been the primary business, right? I mean, at the end of the day, when we started out, when he had no terminal, uh, we were providing him with a service which allowed him to, to accept payments, uh, which he previously didn't, which means we helped him further his business. Uh, you know, along comes uh, UPI or contactless payments or tap and, uh, tap and pay or tomorrow Samsung pay and Apple pay and, and Google pay, uh, right? If we are going to, you know, be there by his side, help him navigate this chaos, right? Uh, at, uh, at, at, at a cost that, that, that makes sense uh, is, is something that, uh, that uh, will, will in the long run always win. Um, and if you were to look at, you know, all of this chaos, in fact, is, is, is an advantage because, uh, you know, pretty much like, you know, when, if, if you were to trace back uh, the evolution of the card payment industry, right, you actually had different card networks that, 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 that grew, uh, you know, very rapidly. You know, it was Visa, MasterCard, Discover, uh, uh, you know, American Express and, and uh, you know, JCB and, and, you know, various, various networks. Uh, in, in the good old days, you actually had a merchant problem. The merchant problem was he had to have five machines on his, on his desk, one for Visa, one for MasterCard, one for American Express, etc. Till the industry realized because of merchant pressure that I can't be, I can't be handling this, right? At the end of the day, you need to give me a solution that's viable if you want me to accept, accept your network, uh, you know, payment instruments on your network. And I believe the same thing is going to happen. Uh, you know, yes, there is a, there is a transient period of, of instability. Right, where, where things are new, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, there are there are different players trying to to to, uh, to solve that differently. But if you are if you're smart enough and you're able to uh, to, to to see the the, the, the medium term picture, you it doesn't take a genius to figure out that a merchant just wants to get paid. Now, if the same platform is going to help him accept uh, everything, uh, you know, uh, at, at 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 the most reasonable price, he is definitely going to gravitate to that. Right? So, you know, I think these are very, very interesting uh, principles because I, I, I agree with you that we get overawed by the technology and, and as, as founders or as bankers, we believe technology drives business. Actually, it is what technology does, which helps us deliver a better value, a better service, a cheaper and faster service. And your North Star has always been, or your anchor has always been the merchant. And he said, whatever my merchant needs, I'm going to solve it, solve for the merchant. And I think that's clearly to me uh, more of a customer play than just I'm a technology company. How has that core evolved for you in terms of expansion of your services for merchant? I know that almost 12, 15 months ago, you launched a, a merchant app platform. And, yeah. and what was the trigger for that? And how's that doing? Um, 
you you're absolutely right i mean for 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 me personally is always been a focus i mean the merchants been the focus right i mean technology is an enabler uh, for for me to provide a service to that merchant can the terminal which is essentially a piece of hardware on someone's desk do more than just accept payments right and uh, the objective was that it was essentially the smart operating system that allowed mobile phones to do more and if the same smart smart operating system runs on a terminal uh will it allow merchants to do more uh and uh, that is what prompted us to launch our smart post terminals uh we had a choice at that time whether we should essentially allow uh 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 the google play store to run on our terminals or should we do something different and uh, again when we spoke to merchants uh yes did they know that there was a google play store yes uh, but the apps there were largely meant for consumers and not businesses and uh, if we were to make this relevant for our customers what we need what we needed to have was a platform that allowed access to uh, to applications that allowed merchants to do more with the terminal and hence we decided to launch what we call the money store this is our own app store um that that runs on our terminals uh, we now have over 100 well curated apps for business uh that that runs on our that 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 run that run on our smart post terminals to kind to to kind of elaborate on that you imagine this right every time i walk into say a small restaurant uh through that before covid struck but uh you know what do you see at at typical uh typical um uh shiv sagar in the corner right i mean what you really saw on his desk was either a computer or uh, or a register uh, which he used to to generate an invoice that's all that it actually ran up doing um you know and uh, when when it was time to pay it was either cash or uh, or a card machine that came to my to my table um and and uh, you know if you were to look at carefully what what also emerged was was this other animal on 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 that cashier's desk which was either a smartphone or a uh, or a tablet that was dedicated for the business right because ultimately they needed to aggregate orders from from zomato and swiggy and and, and you know various other things that they landed up doing on that android uh android uh device and uh, uh the, the thought process again was very very clear if we enable the merchant to do all of this which is emulate say a billing app that runs on the terminal uh payments absolutely uh or also run all of those apps that he was running uh for his business need on on a separate device on the terminal the terminal then starts becoming the hub or the central uh central hub for him to do a lot of these activities and that is what we've tried to do with uh, with the money store and our smart terminals great tell me you you know i was chatting about covid mm-hmm. and uh, what has covid done in the initial period and give the audience a sense of what you're seeing in terms of uh, adoption by merchants across various uh, segments on on electronic payment products which has been a fairly big change in covid covid uh, you know was 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 kind of a root shock uh, along with uh, with some relief uh, you know um, A, a large part of our, our our merchants just you know stopped transacting the moment lockdown uh, lockdown was enforced uh i think that was that was the uh, that that was the shock uh the 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 the, the silver lining was that the entire network didn't go down right i mean you still had kiranas and pharmacies and hospitals and uh, doctors clinics and and path labs uh, that that continued to use our platform uh and 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 products and services and that's where we essentially saw 
saw business uh, uh, business increase. Uh, of course, in the initial days, the challenges were how do you provide services to uh, uh, you know to, to customers who were locked down. But uh, I think uh, that's where we we very rapidly evolved in terms of of just uh, you know better platforms. And it was it, it wasn't one way street. I think it was always a two way street. Uh, you know earlier in India. You know, merchants want no matter what the size, they just use two doorstep service, right? Whether it's a whether someone selling them goods, you know, they have a distributor, salesman that comes and sells them products, uh, you know, right at their doorstep, right? It could be the smallest of a small guy, right? Even a Panwala has a has a candy distributor that comes and delivers stuff to him, and uh, you know, the same thing goes for for all other services. Uh, but at least for the first time, uh, you know, merchants were open to the idea of of, of remote support, right? And um, uh, that, in in a way, over the over the medium term, is 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 a fantastic behavioral shift for us to to benefit from, right? Uh, because um, I mean, practically, we can solve a lot of problems on on phone uh, and and uh, on our smart post terminals, for example, remotely. Uh, and and you know, why we we'd love to do that, uh, uh, you know, because it it just helps us become more efficient. Uh, you know, we're able to better control the quality of service that we deliver to our customers, uh, you know, because ultimately, uh, you know, all of these uh, are, are electronic platforms that we will drive these services through. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was, it was, uh, it was a difficult time uh, uh, because we had to make all of these transitions. We had to make them very, very fast, uh, but also helped us be the most innovative uh, that we've ever been, right? We've launched, uh, we've launched three, very, very innovative products uh, during this time uh, that, that we think, uh, you know, are, are, uh, are again, uh, you know, industry changing. Uh, the, the, the first one was, um, was our uh, pay by link service for small merchants that enabled merchants to use our terminal or app uh, to be able to send out a short link uh, via SMS or WhatsApp where their customer could then essentially pay them. Uh, this meant, of course, that wasn't anything new. Uh, this was, uh, this was something that, um, uh, that uh, uh, that a lot of other players were doing, but everyone was—I mean, not not anyone was not everyone was really doing it for the small merchant. Uh, and and this is what we've essentially brought uh, uh, brought to market. We've seen tremendous success, and we continue uh, continue to grow that. Uh, but I think where the, the key differentiator is is in the technology stack. I think uh, you know uh, we are the the, the the most integrated technology stack in the payment industry. Uh, we believe uh, in the country. I mean, in everything from the terminals. Right? We want the terminals. Uh, we design them. Um, uh, um, you know, whether it's the it's the gateway and you know, it's the switch or going directly to network, right? I mean, we are we are fully integrated versus a competitor that would essentially have to buy terminals from third parties, which are generic terminals. Uh, you know, yes, they'll have their gateway, but uh, switching, uh, which is which is extremely uh, you know uh, expensive, uh, if you were to. Is, is always outsourced. Uh, so I think we have we had an integrated stack which allowed us to very quickly uh, launch uh, the pay by link service. Uh, we followed this up with uh, with what we call the money back card. Uh, you know, in 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 digital times, uh, I mean in, in COVID times, uh, you know, has digital adoption, uh, you know, has has uh, rapidly increased. Uh, while we've always enabled merchants to accept payments, um, uh, you know. We now had a product that enabled merchants to to also make payments using using some of our products, right? which was which is super simple. Uh, it's you know we, we call it the money back card. Uh, you know the money back card is is given to all our merchants who have a terminal, and they can opt for for settlement of of their uh, of their uh, card transactions or their terminal transactions 
uh, either into uh, their, their bank account of their choice, which has always been the case, or uh, or into the money back card. Uh, you know, the you know whatever they put in the money back card when they spend that money, uh, either online or offline, because it's it's an open loop card. Uh, you know, it's powered by Rupee. Um, you know, we we give them a cashback. Uh, you know, which is essentially some part of the of the MDR that 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 we receive as an issue of it. Uh, yeah. And uh, uh, I think what's what's been most unique is we've now for the first time taken an acquiring platform and an issuing platform and combined into a single product that we call the Bank Box. Right. Uh, the Bank Box is uh, uh, is uh, is, uh, is is a neat little package that that, that includes uh, our our terminal, uh, a QR code, and uh, and a card. Uh, you know, whereby a merchant can essentially um, achieve. Uh, what what we believe is nirvana, right? He doesn't pay for anything, right? He doesn't pay for for uh, use of our platform on an ongoing basis. Uh, he doesn't pay MDR, right? Uh, all he pays is a one-time fee to sign up for the for the program, and once he has that, he can he can he essentially pays no rent. Uh, we managed to do that because uh, because of the work that we put in two years before, where we really managed to compress the cost of our terminals uh, to a ridiculously low level, uh, and 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 we are now taking the benefit of that, where you know. By, by payment of a, of a very nominal one-time fee, the merchant doesn't have to pay for uh, uh, for the terminal for life. Um, and uh, uh, you know, if he opts for settlement uh, into into the card, uh, he doesn't pay MDR, right? So uh, this is this is our way of, of essentially, uh, should I say, uh, leveling the playing field, playing field for the merchant uh, between cash and uh, and digital payments, right? I mean, it's brought you a very interesting juncture. Uh, COVID clearly has uh, raised the inflection point. But you have today now, banks are no longer as formidable as they were maybe 10 years ago in the merchant business. I mean, they're still important. Mm-hmm. But you have uh, well-funded, I wouldn't call them startups, but behemoths, you know, Paytm, PhonePay, Geo uh, is is raring to go, uh, you know, and there, there are probably a few more in the horizon. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you hold yourself when you think about your journey the next five ten years, um, and and is this still going to be? Let me continue focusing on my merchant and his or her issues or problems and needs, and things will solve. Obviously, I, we have to be agile and we have to be tech focused. Uh, but yeah, it's a very different world uh, from ten years ago when you were looking at a market which had a lot of gaps. Uh, Rajiv, it's it's it's. Uh... It's not that uh, you know HDFC has ever had a, a smaller balance sheet or or uh, uh, aggression uh, in terms of going after after any business. Uh, the difference is, does it make economic sense? Right. Um, at the end of the day, you know, I believe we operate in in, in capitalist free markets, uh, and the core tenet of that is uh, you have to make money, right? At the end of the day, so, so it has to be for profit. Um, the second one is, uh, I don't think India is a winner-take-all market. It, uh, uh, and, and that's been proven time and time again. It's, it's not a winner-take-all market. Um, and uh, lastly is the capital that drives all of these businesses comes from the mothership, right, uh, of, of all capital markets, right? And there, it's it's profit that that, that is the the sole uh, uh, the sole driver of uh, of, uh, uh, of of everything. I mean, sometimes you you get blindsided by uh, by 
by uh, by events or or periods of time where where you lose focus on the core uh, tenet that is you have to make money at the end of the day you know we work very hard uh, uh, to ensure that we are the lowest cost player uh, and at the end of the day it has to whatever we do has to make money if somebody else is doing the same thing um, uh, either they are far more efficient than us uh, you know or uh, or then they've just decided that they don't want to make money right i mean and i can't i can't base my business on on whatever their guiding principles are i mean our business is clear it's a large market uh, you know ultimately india even today has 4 million turnovers versus uh, 18 million in china or uh, or uh, you know about a similar number in the us uh, you know there are there are about 3 million turnovers in turkey uh, you know uh, that uh, that itself shows that you know in a country like india at 4 million turnovers is a lot of headroom to grow uh this ultimately a phys- physical business it's a street fight right um this is not a this is not a carpet bombing exercise where you can essentially take someone out right you have to walk the streets you have to connect with the merchants you have to provide them a service you can't do this remotely no matter what you do uh and uh, you know uh that's what we essentially land up doing and we believe that we have the we have the best technology we have the best cost structure um uh and there is a market right and we're going to take a certain share of that market uh you know and and uh, i i believe we have all the tools uh, and the determination and the grit and 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 adequate capital uh, for us to to uh, to continue to grow our business will others do something bigger better maybe uh but i guess time will tell at the end of the day bigger in my mind is you know commercial enterprise is profit right it's nothing Yes, it's return on capital. So, so Manish, you you've said a few words which I rarely hear from uh, founders and entrepreneurs, and I guess that's part of the part of the way things have been built up. But you mentioned profit several times. Uh, would you care to share with us where are you in your uh, profit making journey or loss minimization journey? Um, look. in fact uh, you know one of the one of the, the the nicest things that happened to us is during covid uh, you know uh, all of these efficiencies then immediately emerged right i mean uh, as as our growth costs fell away uh, you know we become you know we we immediately broke even in fact we broke even in march uh, and we broke even on yearly broke even every single month since then uh, you know during this covid period so burns essentially stopped um uh, you know uh, we have more cash in the bank today than we had before covid right so when you know uh, you know so it's 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 uh, uh, it's it's just helped us uh, remain focused uh, on uh, on uh, on some of the, the the things that that we did lose focus to be very honest uh, you know 18 months before this because sometimes uh, you know it's 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 just it's just uh, human for us to to, to lose track of uh, uh, of uh, of uh, you know your core goal uh, when there is a lot of noise around you um, fortunately um, fortunately for us we didn't get carried away that far that we couldn't you know recover uh, so yes uh, uh, we've had some growth related costs uh, maybe some excessive growth related costs over the last 18 months before covid uh, but but that i think has been the the, the biggest wound for us is 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 just help us stop reflect and say hey guys you know what what are we really doing uh you know and and what is it that we really want to to achieve and uh it clearly wasn't 
you know, burning to our investors' money. Right? It is essentially building a business that's a solid business that is that is uh, that is going to deliver value and and a return. What has inspired you over the last ten years of this journey, or before that, and who's you know who do you turn to in your mind when you are when the chips are down, when things are frustrated? Uh, you know, what would you say is your inspiration? Uh, three sources of inspiration. Uh, the, the the first one is uh, is um, you know my investors, right? Uh, you know, because at the end of the day, uh, like I said, um, they have a, a, a wider view of the world. Uh, you know, we as as um, entrepreneurs uh, kind of get uh, channeled into into a into a kind of a narrow channel. Uh, you know, as we as we progress, uh, and you know, also without that obsession, you can't really you know be the best, and and hence you know. Uh, you know, you are, uh, you do get uh, uh, narrow vision, and and that is where uh, you know I think uh, I, I lean on our investors, um, because I think you know we are we are together in in a, in a journey. Uh, and I I think our investors are more partners than uh, uh, than just investors, because you know if if someone's been uh, been backing you for for a period of you know uh, anything more than three years, uh, they they tend to become partners, right? And and uh, uh, you know. They're there, and and they will give you the best advice, right? And some of it may not be the, may may not be what you like, but it's the truth, right? So uh, you you have to, you have to, uh, uh, you know, wait. Um, the second one is our customers. Uh, you know, they they never lie, uh, and and in India, you know, the, the 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 real fact is, the customer will be brutal, right? They will tell you, uh, you know, they don't sugarcoat things. They will tell you in the way they are. Uh, so you have to listen to your customers, uh, and uh, uh, you know the, the last one is is uh, uh, is uh, you know largely largely driven uh, by by what's happening uh, you know globally, uh, whether we like it or not. Uh, in the technology business, uh, we are essentially in India uh, implementers of technology, right? We are not the inventors of the technology, uh, and. Uh, Whatever, I mean, core innovations that that actually occur uh, are occurring, um, you know, in the valley, uh, in some parts of Europe, um, you know, and uh, whether we like it or not, ultimately these technologies do influence, uh, you know, how we how we run and operate our businesses, and if we don't really, um, if we don't really keep a, a you know a close eye on what's happening there. You can't really, you can't really uh, be ahead, uh, ahead of the game, uh, you know, in India, uh, you know, and uh, uh, you know. So yeah, I mean, these are these are the these are the, the you know two or three things that that uh, that are my my uh, kind of go-to uh, sounding boards, just um, to speak. Any parting comments for our audience, many of whom would uh, are also in the startup phase or aspiring to build businesses, uh, Manish, over and above what you've shared? When I started my business, there was no venture capital. Uh, you know, when I started actually my entrepreneurial journey, right? So uh, uh, a lot of my early businesses were, were funded by by debt and, uh, and uh, you know, borrowings from friends and family uh, till, you were, um, till you were able enough to prove to, uh, uh, to bankers that, you know, you were, uh, you were, you know, you were reliable. 
enough uh, to be given capital. Um, and uh, you know, I've been I've been very very lucky that uh, you know I have been able to uh, transition to to running businesses which are which are funded by by, by risk capital, which is essentially equity, uh, and 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 not debt. Um, but you know, there are there are you know this this has now become a tsunami, right? And and this essentially makes you forget the core. Uh, the, the the core uh, uh, principles of of, uh, of commerce and business, right? That uh, at the end of the day, you know, you have uh, a balance sheet, you have a PNL, and you have cash flow, right? Uh, one is is uh, is uh, vanity, right? Which is your balance sheet. Uh, you then have your PNL, that is uh, uh, that is sanity, right? Uh, but then you have cash flow, which is reality. Uh, you can't lose track of either of these, right? I mean, balance sheet, yes. Uh, a lot of people get carried away by a balance sheet, uh, you know, but like I said, balance sheet, uh, honestly, is uh, is just vanity. Uh, you know, uh, you have to, you have to be firmly focused on, on the sanity and the reality, which is your PNL and your cash flow. Uh, if nobody knew you as uh, Manish Patel of Enthwai, they'll th- think you're a banker. <laughs> the way the way you are talking about it, but hey, Manish, thank you so much. This has been a wonderful conversation, and I I'm actually learning a lot more. Uh, I hope uh, people listening to this eventually will also take some interesting insights from your career, from your building of M Swipe, the ups and downs you've had, and and to me, some of the core themes of of India's a large market. It's not a winner take all. Focus on customers, customers, customers. Get a total cost of ownership down where you can battle any downs in the market and ultimately have a return on capital and be be focused on the reality and, and the and the sanity of the business. So really appreciate it. Thank you so much. And thank you for sparing your time with us today. Not at all. It's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. And uh, and and yeah, thank you.